Bless more than my beautiful people. Bless more than my beautiful people. Um, you know, the spirit knows the spirit. And uh, I think there's a spirit of heaviness right now that's on the land. Uh, a lot of times we feel what others feel and we don't even understand it. You know what I mean? Because we, we're connected and we just don't know it. A lot of times we feel what others feel. We feel what other people are going through. And, and sometimes there's a spirit that's just so contagious in the land that if you're open to spiritual things and if you're open to, you know, the, the hearts and the feelings of others, you can't help but feel it. You can't help but feel what people are going through. And, and uh, the spirit of grief, you know, the spirit of grief, man, is, is, is heavy right now because so many people have suffered some tremendous loss this year. So many people have suffered some, some tremendous loss. And so I just want to offer a few words of encouragement this morning for everybody that's going through um, just a few points that I, I want to give you. I'm going to peel them off of scripture. Psalm 34 and 18. Psalm 34 and 18 said that the Lord is near to the brokenhearted. Now, if, if you break that down and just pay attention to that, when, when David wrote that, David wrote that actually when he was uh, pretending to be insane because David was um, <laughs> actually about to be killed by Abimelech, I believe. Yeah, it was Abimelech. And uh, David played crazy. <laughs> David played crazy to keep the king from killing him. David started drooling out his mouth and beating his head on the city gates and going crazy because Abimelech was about to come kill him. So when David did that, Abimelech's man looked at him like, man, this man is no threat to us. He's crazy. Now, that's a great point for us to, to know and something for us to hold on to when we're dealing with situations in our life in which we're being attacked from the left and the right. You know, when you show the devil that you crazy, <laughs> when you show the enemy that you crazy, sometimes he'll leave you alone. Let me, let me leave this nut alone. That's almost like punching somebody in their face and they just shake it off and say, come on. Yeah, let me leave this person alone because clearly they ain't wrapped tight and they, they, they ready for a fight. They want to fight. So sometimes when Satan brings that fight to our life, you know what makes him think we're crazy? Our praise. You know what I mean? Our praise and when we can still have a smile, when we can still press on in spite of, when we can still encourage people even when we need to be encouraged. That makes the enemy look at us like, like the Abimelech looked at David. Like This is a nut right here. And so he wrote that the Lord is near to the brokenhearted because he knew what he was going through and he knew that the, the spirit of the Lord had to come in and had to encourage him and uplift him in, in so many of his trying times. And if you read the Psalms, many of them that David wrote, they, there were many times when David felt tried and he felt, you know, lost. He felt hurt and God and only God by himself could encourage David. And, and David would encourage, watch this, David would actually encourage, was able, he was actually being encouraged by God through his own writings. You get what I'm saying? Like it wasn't, it wasn't David going somewhere and sitting down and David and, and God coming to sit down beside David and encouraging him. No, David would pick up a pen and start writing songs. He would dance. He would make up songs just out in the middle of the the fields. And in that, God was encouraging David. So, you know, that's uh, can bring healing to you right now. You know, I've, I found that even in my grief that I just started a journal, you know, me, uh, certain things that I'm dealing with. 
I, and I do it in my phone. I don't pick up a pen and write. I just I go to my notes and, and every now and then my feelings, I just type them. You know, I just put them in my phone. And, you know, by the time I get done, I feel a whole lot better. So, you know, David, a lot of David's Psalms were actually just that. That's all they were. It was it was David in a moment of, of, of grief, David in a moment of hurt. And he just wrote down how he felt. And as he was writing how he felt, God began to speak to him and God began to counsel him. And you can see from the beginning of the psalm to the end of the psalm, you can see where God steps in. You can see where it starts out with David and his pain. And by the end of the psalm, by the time he gets done writing, you can see how the writing changes. and You can see where God steps in and starts guiding his pen. And so I encourage you this morning that if you're going through to find a medium, find something, whether it be you know, a journal, something that you can just write down how you feel. Um, you know, if you want to just talk it out, you can go into your recorder on your phone and just start talking. You know what I mean? Just start talking. Um, find a hobby. Find something that you can do that you can just get that alone time. And, and, and you think it's just you by yourself. But I can promise you when you get that alone time and you begin to really let God know how you feel. God can then bring the healing to your life that you're after and that you deserve and that you need because he says, cast all your cares on me because I care about you. So that means everything. So that means don't be fake with God. Be real with God. Everything that you're feeling, everything that you're going through, when you start writing these things, you start saying these things. If you have to go somewhere and just shut the door and scream them to the top of your lungs, you do it. And you let God know exactly how you feel. And that way he can begin to heal you in the way that you need to be healed. But you have to be real with God. So when he says in Psalm 34 and 18, when David says this, he pins this, that he's near to the brokenhearted. That proves to us that we will be brokenhearted. If we were never supposed to go through any times of trial and tribulation, no times of hurt. If we were never supposed to experience that, he would never say I would be near to the brokenhearted. Because if, even if you look into your Bible, for every one person that Christ brought back from the dead, a hundred thousand still passed, still died. For every one that he gave sight to the blind, a hundred thousand still were blind. For every one that he healed of various sicknesses and diseases, a hundred thousand still had these sicknesses and diseases. So while that one family could rejoice, you know, while Mary and Martha could rejoice, all the other families that were at that graveyard where Lazarus was buried, they were still in mourning. You get what I'm saying? And so just knowing that, you know what I mean? And just seeing it from that lens, we know that pain, we know that hurt, we know that grief is a part of our lives. But I, I want to encourage you this morning that nothing lasts forever. And no matter how hard it is right now to deal with certain situations, I'm not saying that you'll ever get over it, but with the love of God and with the love of the people around you that he has assigned to you, that he will send you away with, with the love of those people around you and the love of God, that you will see a brighter day. You will be able to press on. So, so, so one of the points, and I'm getting all off topic here, but I wanted to give you a few points this morning. One of the points when it comes to dealing with grief and it comes to dealing with certain things in life, one of them, and this is probably the biggest one. There will be certain things that will happen in your life that are completely beyond your control. There's certain things in your life that you can control. There's a lot of things in your life that control. And that's what makes us mini gods. G-O-D-S. Lowercase g. 
You know what I mean? And Jesus even tells us this. It's written in the Psalms that ye are gods, lowercase g, O-D-S. Why? Because we have a certain level of control over our situation. We have a certain level of control and dominion over the things that God has assigned to our hand. We have control over our thoughts. We have control over our mind, our own actions. So that makes us many, M-I-N-I, -I, small g-o-d-s. So we have small control. So in that, there are certain things that we can control. But when those things come along that we cannot control, and this is why you need to really know that you are not the all-powerful God. Because if you have it in your mind that you can control everything and that you can control all of your circumstances, when something finally happens that you can't, it will drive you crazy. It will drive you insane. And so this is where you must know you must know that you must have a relationship with God and you must lean and depend on him and lean not on your own understanding. Because when those things happen in your life that you have absolutely no control over, you're immediately you're going to have this need or want to try to control the situation because you believe that you can. But as soon as you figure out that you can't, you'll lose your mind. And we see this a lot in life. We see this a lot with people who just, you know, just go off the deep end because they, they have this certain level of control and they really begin to think that they have it in control and that they have it down pat. You know, we even see it sometimes with Christians. We, we with sometimes with people who follow God and they, they really think that their relationship with God is what's keeping them from having any trouble. <laughs> you know what I mean? They think that, oh, I'm covered. God got me. And they really think that nothing bad can come their way. And then when something finally does happen, it makes them want to just give it all up, pack it all in. But there are so many verses in the Bible that are written to believers, just like Psalm 34 and 18, to prove to believers that you will have hard times. He said that I know you're a believer. David was a believer. I know you're somebody that loved me. I know you that's, you're somebody that's after my own heart. But guess what? I'm near to your broken heart because you will have a broken heart. You will grieve. You will go through. There are other verses, like in the book of Job, that man born of a woman has but a few days, and they're going to be full of tro trouble. That would not be written if it were not so. There's so many verses to encourage believers, people who are close to God, people who love God, but yet there's still verses there that have to lift them up and encourage them because these things will happen. But that 34 and 18 in the book of Psalms is a promise that he will be near to you when your heart is broken. He will draw near to you. He will encourage you. He will uplift you. But you need to understand like that point that we just had. There are certain things that will be beyond your control. Number two, when you understand that, that there are certain things that are beyond your control, you have a choice to make. Do you allow those things to tear you down or do you build off of them? Do you allow them to tear you down or do you build off of them? When these things happen that are beyond your control, the Chinese, I think the Chinese, the Miles Monroe taught this, that they actually have no word for crisis in their language, in their original language. And that when certain things happen, instead of them looking at it as a crisis, because they really don't even have a word for crisis in the Chinese language, 
their word for crisis or the word that they substitute for crisis is actually opportunity. So in other words, when certain things happen, instead of them seeing disaster, they see an opportunity to create something new. Tsunami came, boom, leveled a lot of houses. Unfortunately, a lot of people died. A lot of businesses and stores got torn down. Crisis. But then in their language, in their culture, this is opportunity. Things have to be rebuilt. So lumber companies, carpentry companies, a lot of businesses need to be reestablished. Even though we suffer so much loss and so much pain, there's opportunity in the loss, in the loss and in the pain. So even when it comes to us dealing with grief, and even when it comes to us dealing with pain, we have to always look at what opportunity is being presented here. God never wastes anything. If you lost a loved one, it was ordained from the day before God even placed them in their womb. It was ordained for them to leave when they left. There's nothing you can do about that. There's nothing you can do to change that. If you lost a loved one, there's one or two things that you can do. You can allow that loss to tear at you and just pull you into a place of despair and dig you into a place that you can never dig out of. Or you can look at that loss and the opportunity that it may present. What I mean by that, God does not waste anything. Everything that happens, God uses it as an opportunity to cultivate us and to make us better people. He uses it as an opportunity to grow closer to us, to allow us to grow closer to him, to allow us to maybe you ever wonder sometimes and we hear this a lot, like you go to funerals, right? And, and somebody will say, why we can't never get together like this when it ain't a funeral? Why I always got to be a funeral to get the family to come together? Well, let me just break that down for a minute. <laughs> a lot of us are spread out all over the world. A lot of us have jobs that unfortunately it's hard to even get time off unless it's a death in the family or something like that. A lot of us, it's just almost impossible to navigate and coordinate everybody's schedule in order for people to come together. Like I said, God never wastes anything. So if it takes a passing of a loved one just to get us together or to get you together for a little while. And if that's what it takes, then that's what it takes. And, and sometimes you're able to reconnect with people that you probably would have never reconnected with. You're able to forge relationships with other people that you probably would have never forged relationships with. I've had instances within in passing, even when my father passed in 2013, that I got presented with opportunities just based off of his funeral, that people were there in the audience that, that never knew me, never saw me, never knew what I could do, but they saw it in that tragedy and because they saw it in that tragedy it created opportunities and opened doors and connected me to certain people 
And even with my recent losses, it's been the same way. Doors, opportunities, God never wastes anything. So my brothers and my sisters, we have a responsibility when we lose loved ones. Because if we think about the hearts and we think about the spirits of the people that we lose, and we think about the type of person that they were, they would want you to capitalize. They would want you to use that tragic, that tragic moment as a springboard to something great. They would want you to press on to see what the end is going to be. They, they don't want their sacrifice because there was, there was a moment when they had to give up the ghost and, and had to go on over to the other side. There was a moment when they had to reconcile that within themselves because they didn't want to leave you. But there was a moment when they had to reconcile that within themselves. Like, okay, I can go now. But if I go, I want to know that they're going to be all right. I want to know that they're going to take this moment and they're going to build off of it. And they're going to push on to do something great in my honor and in my name. So my brothers and my sisters, those of you out there who are suffering and you are going through and, and you are grieving through tragic loss right now, I admonish you to find that thing. Find that one thing about their spirit. Find that one thing about their life and say, I'm going to use that. I'm going to use that about them. I'm going to incorporate that into me and I'm going to make myself great. I'm going to do something great in their name. I'm going to do something great in their honor. And I can promise you nothing would make them more proud. Nothing would make them more proud. So for all of you out there suffering through tragic loss and through grief this morning, I just want to let you know that you're not alone. That this is a road that we all have to walk down. This is a cross that we all have to carry. This is a burden that we all will bear. But Psalm 34 and 18 lets us know that he's near to the brokenhearted. He loves you. I do too. God bless you guys. Hang in there, man.